You're listening to the official ABC Once Upon a Time podcast. I'm your host, Estelle Magecki, and I'm here with the creators and executive producers of Once, Adam Horowitz and Eddie Kitsis, who will guide you through a recap of Lacey, episode 219. Hello. Hi, everyone. Hey, Oncers. Mr. Gold's dream about killing Henry is actually really interesting to me. Gold doesn't have a lot to go on. And as he's said before, the future is difficult to see. And when you see it, it's not always what you think. But his subconscious is going with the evidence in front of him, which is... He was told the boy would be his undoing. We know the boy is Henry. So what's the best way to deal with him? It's the way Rumpelstiltskin has dealt with problems for many years, which is eliminating them, killing them. I think what's interesting for us, you know, when we did this is Mr. Gold this year has really struggled with, you know, we know he's carried the weight of losing his son because he chose the knife over him. And now that his son is back, and now that he has Belle, he has a chance at a life again. And he is worried because he knows that the dark impulses inside him tend to come out and make him choose the wrong decision. And I think when he wakes up in that dream, that is his fear. And I do love the look on Regina's face when she's told that Bay is Henry's father. Yes, she is not happy to have another, uh, in her words, interloper. And it makes that whole web, the family web, much more complex. Yes, it does. Yeah, you know, for us, that was that was always what made it so interesting for us because if Balefire was someone different and he was, oh, that's his name's Jeff now and he lives in New York and he has no connection to everyone, you know, it wouldn't, wouldn't be as effective to us. You know, this is a story about a dysfunctional family and now you see they really are. And my favorite line is when Gold says he has my eyes, don't you think? <laughs> Yeah, he's really trying to stick it to her. Yeah, no, those two have the greatest relationship because they are constantly sticking it to each other. And then yet at the same time, there's a weird sort of, you know, uh, mentor-protege relationship. Right. And did we always know that Mr. Gold, as Regina put it, procured Henry for her? We set that up very early. I think it was in episode two of season one. Yes. We have not yet explained how that happened. We we hope to get to that and to share that story. He was being honest, um, Adam. I think you'd agree with me when he says that was a coincidence to him, too. He didn't realize that when he got it. So I think that is a story, of course, for season three. Then in the hospital scene with Mr. Gold, I felt as though there was hope for the return of Belle's memory. It was just in that moment when she says, we can help each other, and she puts her hand on Mr. Gold's hand. Yeah. Yeah, you know, she came close, but she didn't get there. No, I think, you know, what was so heartbreaking is you realize that phone call that he gave her Miller's daughter really got through to her, and she realizes whoever this man is, she may not remember him, but it's that feeling sort of in the way I think that David and Mary Margaret had that weird deep down feeling in season one when they were both cursed and didn't realize that they were once married. And I think very similar, you see Regina once again in the episode last year, David got his memories back when Regina told him to go see gold and he saw that windmill and here she dropped the rabbit hole matches and did it once again. Regina is not going to also let anything stand. And in her mind, Gold manipulated Mary Margaret to kill her mother. So she's going to take away the thing he loves. Is that exactly what she did with the matches? She just put magic on them? Or was it just a trigger? It's a trigger. And she knows what everyone's trigger was. There's a plan B. So, you know, plan A was she sits in a jail cell till we need her. Plan B is she becomes Lacey. David was in a coma. And when Mary Margaret woke him up, Regina never thought that was going to happen, she went to plan B, which was the windmill, which made him David Nolan. 
And when we first meet the new Belle named Lacey in the rabbit hole, can you describe her cursed character? She loves Van Halen. She, we wanted her to <laughs> pop like she was in a warrant video. For us, what we thought is Belle brings out the best in Mr. Gold, so it's only natural that Lacey would bring out the worst in him. So what we loved about Belle was she was adventurous and smart and you watched her this season. You know, she was able to defeat the Yagwai by translating and reading books and seeing the good in people. And so, you know, Lacey is the complete opposite. She doesn't read, she doesn't care about books. She's all for the present, having a good time. But she's a heck of a billiards player. Yeah. And a drinker. And a drinker. And Mr. Gold now owes David an official favor for helping him woo Lacey. Yes. Yes. But Mr. Gold can't quite comprehend Lacey's new character traits. It really does take him quite some time to understand what's happened. Yes, I think he, in a moment, that dream really set him off. He is really trying his hardest not to do the wrong thing. And the person who always kind of was his conscience was Belle and she's gone. And so when he meets Lacey, it's, who is this person? <laughs> He's at a loss. I don't think he ever thought that the curse would come back to affect him this way. It's almost karma. And back in Fairytale Land, we witness Belle's bravery when she releases Robin Hood. Mm -hmm. She's one of the first characters to ever stand up to the Dark One. It wasn't even a second thought. There's a goodness at her core that she just, you know, she has to give in to. And she heard a suffering soul and she had to help him. There was no second guessing it for her. She had to do what she thought was right and she's not going to let anyone intimidate her. And I think what's great is she's not frightened. You know, this is somebody who said I wanted to be a hero. I wanted an adventure. And, you know, at the same respect, she'll stand up to people. And that means the dark one. What Adam and I loved about that scene was is she didn't go with him because she said, I made a deal. I won't let him hurt my family. And if he hurts me, fine, but I'm gonna hold my deal, but I won't let him hurt you. And that's what makes her so heroic. And that's why you realize how important it is for Mr. Gold to bring her back. She does eventually change him though, by saying, you can't know what's in a person's heart until you truly know them, which later on becomes true. That's right. You know, he's been trafficking in the dark arts for so long that he's kind of got a jaded view of humanity. And Belle is there to remind him not everyone is duplicitous and scheming and has bad intent. And Belle actually repeats that line as the cursed Lacey character and I feel it gives us a glimmer of hope even though she's cursed. That was the point. You know, the point was, and that's why he spills the wine, he's shocked. You know, maybe I am bringing the real Belle out. And there were touchstones we saw last year of characters repeating things. In Dreamy, I remember Nova gave Grumpy the advice that Grumpy gave her. <laughs> And Rumble does have difficulty believing Belle's logic about Robin Hood's intentions though. But it does feel like he switches and turns a corner when she mentions leaving a child fatherless. Well, of course, we know that that's what he did and we know that that's what haunts him. And we know when Belle says, I think there's good in you, we realize in that moment, yeah, there's still some good left in him. And I love it how he creates an entire library for her. And that scene is such a contrast to the scene that directly follows it. He feels like he's lost everything and he's not going to win Belle back and he is not going to be able to have her fall in love with him. And we already know that deep down he believes he's a man that nobody could love. 
And so he thinks, I had it once, I lost it, and now I'm not going to get her back. And with those two scenes, we were drawing the contrast. We were showing what Belle does to Rumpel that's good, and we're showing what Lacey does to Gold that's bad. And you're seeing back to back how these influences push the character in two different directions. Belle pulled Rumpelstiltskin into the light and had him start to do some good, even though he won't admit it, and Lacey is just encouraging the darkest impulses in gold that exist and, and making him act on them. And earlier in the episode, it was fantastic to see the beans in progress. But it does show that Emma has reservations about Snow and David's plan. I think Emma, you know, is very much of this world and she is not crazy about the fact that she has magic. She's not crazy about the fact that she was in the Enchanted Forest. She is still struggling to accept what is happening to her and the thought of leaving this world behind and truly going down the rabbit hole with everyone back to that world is almost too much for her to swallow right now. And then later in the scene between Neil and Emma, was Emma actually considering the possibility of returning? Did she have an entire arc during this episode where she was unsure but then she was sort of checking in with people? I think she's definitely checking in with people. I think she's definitely, I think what her father said to her when he says, this world has been cruel to you, this is your chance at a happy ending, I think that stuck with her. I think that even though deep down this world made her cynical, there's somewhere in her heart that's a believer. And it's just the struggle to find it. And when Regina confronts Emma on the docks, she senses Emma is hiding something. But I am surprised that Regina manages to put the pieces together so succinctly. Well, Regina's pretty smart and her instincts are pretty dead on. And she's now reached a point where um, she's not going to let anyone get in her way. And she's going to get what she wants, which is to do everything humanly and inhumanly possible to get her son back. She knows that, you know, she helped the giant get big in the episode Tiny. And she knows knows that the mom brought the giant. She knows what giants do. And so when she sees the dwarves and David and Tiny in the back of a truck coming home, she's not an idiot, you know? And when she sees David them picking up a bunch of sandwiches at Granny's, she's not an idiot. And Tamara and Greg open the truck to reveal Hook. Yes. So I was actually really pleased to see him return. We are happy to have him back. Yes. Um, he is, as we realize, you know, there was the episode uh, in 18 where Tamara told Greg that Hook was gone. I think she said something like she went to the storage locker and it was broken in. And now we realized, I would say she's manipulative. She manipulates by not telling the truth. Yeah. You know, hopefully some of the puzzle pieces are coming into place and we're realizing that what happened to Hook wasn't everything we had seen back in those episodes. And now he's back, and what that means is what's to come the next episode. Well, episodes. it's what do they want him for. Yeah, why, why do they want him? Why didn't they kill him? What do the fans have to look forward to in next week's episode? Uh, well, they have to look forward to... More Hook. More Hook. More a Hook. lot more Hook. And they are treated to a chapter in the Evil Queen and Snow White's life that I don't think they ever realized happened. Nice. So what's your favorite scene or moment from this episode? It's hard to say my favorite scene. I love the whole Rumpel Bell in full rumpleness. 
in full, nobody steals from me. I just love that whole fairy tale flashback for me as just, it's fun to see those two play. You know, when we were coming up with it, we said it happened one night with Rumpelstiltskin and Belle, except for they were going to kill someone. I love the scene, you know, with uh, the sheriff of Nottingham, where we see Rumple kind of rumple out, take the tongue, and then we get to see that side of him again, which we haven't seen for a little while. And we get to, you know, do a little dance with the Robin Hood mythology. You never really fully explored how their relationship developed. So I really like being able to fill in those gaps. Well, that, you know, for us, when we did Skin Deep last year, you know, you only have a certain amount of time in an episode. And for us, the real inspiration for this episode is what was the first moment that Belle really started to look at him? You know, of course, when she fell off the drapes and they looked at each other, but for us, this was the moment where she realized he was more than a beast. And that was what this little slice was. Hopefully we can tell more next year. And um, we have a few Twitter questions for you. Mm -hmm. Shelby Soderman asks, will we see Catherine and Abigail anytime soon? Not this season. Not this season. We do know that Catherine and Frederick found each other and they are living happily ever after. So, um, but not this season, but at least we know they're happy. And Lauren asks, when the Groundhog Day thing was happening during the first week, was the same day actually repeating? That's an excellent question. And, and the answer is no. It wasn't literally a Groundhog Day. What was happening was- A routine. It was a okay. routine. The curse created a sort of a timeless fog that these characters were in. And they were essentially going through their, their new cursed lives, doing the same things over and over again, but not literally living the same day yes, over and Marco over again. Yes, Marco was putting the sign up in that. But the reason Marco's working on it every day is cursed Marco can't get the darn sign to stick right. So it's always coming loose. Yes. So he's coming back the next day to fix it. It's not that every day he's starting over again. It's that there are those little problems happening. He's can't get something right. And so every then, day you're having an argument with Ruby about where she was. Yeah, she's changed outfits and look, we knew it from the pilot. <laughs> right. And she's out all night doing God knows what. And then as far as, you know, Henry goes, because, you know, this is a question I think we've been asked a few times. When Henry eventually did come to Storybrook and he grew up there, he was affected by the curse. He was in the fog of the curse as well, which is why he was unaware of people not aging and all that stuff. And it wasn't until he got the book from Mary Margaret that he started to become aware of things and seek out Emma. I think he even explained that in episode two last year. I think we might have explained it. There was that walk and talk where they're walking down the street and oh, he yeah. basically said all the... What he did, yeah, he explained that, but what he didn't explain... Well, he I did. Think. I think we just cut it for time. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Insane. <laughs> but, uh... Or it's in there and people will go, they don't even know. English Kibbins asks, will we see the enchanted forest with Milan and Aurora rescuing Prince Philip this season? Well, that's a really great question. Keep watching. Yeah, that's all we say keep watching. We love those characters. And Ella asks, what did Rumpelstiltskin intend to do with Cinderella and Cora's babies? Oh, well, <laughs> that is a question to be answered at a much later date. Soup. <laughs> he did not. Full of soup. <laughs> and Jessica Lynn asks, Cora always says love is weakness. So why would she keep a love spell handy in her dress? Was she planning on using it? That was not a spell that actually makes somebody love you. It's a spell that makes somebody think they love you. And Ooh, it's good point. And then that spell, because love is weakness to her, that becomes a very powerful weapon. Well, Eddie and Adam, thank you so much again thank for your you. time. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. And thank you, everyone, for listening. 
listening and tuning in. If you'd like to be part of our next session, please tweet your questions to at ABC underscore publicity. Please join Eddie and Adam next week and tune in to Once Upon a Time, Sundays 8, 7 central on ABC and available the following day at abc.com.